or whether this is your very first time coming to Spirit Rock and hearing a talk, karma seems like a good topic to, to explore together tonight. So, so I'll be talking about it some and maybe we'll make it into a form of a conversation. We'll see how the evening goes. So, so one way that, that karma has opened the popular culture, has entered the popular culture, is it's my fault. It's, it's a way of blaming ourselves for what, you've, what we've done. Um, I must have done something terrible in my past life that this is, this is what I'm receiving. So that's one not helpful understanding of karma. But it is actually pretty amazing how many people, even Buddhists, believe karma that way. Um, some time ago, a friend of mine came... Uh, came up to me, and, and he's not a Buddhist, and he said, you know, I have, have a Buddhist friend, and I get into these conversations with him, and he just says, uh, he's an Asian Buddhist, apparently this other person, that, oh, these awful things are happening to my life, and, you know, it's just my karma. There's nothing I can do about it. And the two are getting, this, this other guy is in a Western, you know, kind of with the Western philosophy, like, you know, that's not the right, you know, can you tell me something? So I did support, you know, that's not the good way to understand karma. So it, it, many people understand it that way. And if that has been your understanding, you know, there are other, welcome to the club. There are other people who understand it that way. It's, it's not helpful, as we'll discuss it in a moment. There are many ways to understand this teaching to actually be empowered and, and lead to freedom and, and freedom of choice and freedom in, in this life instead of feeling trapped by this past life that you don't even know what it was and what hideous act you did. Who knows that now, you know, you're the recipient of this terrible thing that's happened. It's just, you know... As, as reasonable thinking people, it just doesn't make sense to shoot ourselves in the foot by that kind of negative thinking or negative interpretation of, 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 um, um, of, of this teaching. So, so the Buddha taught freedom and really he, he turned all the teachings um, and, and the um, uh, teachings of the era, which were pretty fatalistic um, and in, on their head by actually giving a lot of precedence and a lot of choice to, to one's intentionality. So understanding karma really is understanding intentionality and has little to do with whatever weird thing you did in a past life and has a lot more to do with understanding your intentionality in this moment, in this very life, when you're deciding to act and moving forward with your life, um, having awareness about um, your intentionality right here, right now. So the Buddha said in, um, in the Dhammapada, experiences are preceded by mind led by mind and produced by mind. If one speaks or acts with an impure mind, suffering follows, even as the cart's wheel follows the hoof of the ox. Experiences are preceded by mind, led by mind and produced by mind. If one speaks or acts with a pure mind, happiness follows like a shadow 
that never departs. I love that. Happiness follows like a shadow that never departs. There is a lot more emphasis in Buddha's teaching about intention, about mind leading what follows, whether suffering follows or happiness and joy follows in this very life. We'll come back to this. A few more things about karma. It's it's best not to think of it and understand it as a teaching on blaming, but one of personal responsibility that really empowers us to um, to know that liberation and freedom is possible in this very life based on how we live and the actions we choose right now in this very life, in this moment. There is a Zen teaching that about worrying about the future that goes like, um, what happens in the past determines where we are now. So if you think about just this very life, what has happened to your life so far has brought you here tonight. You're sitting here because of what has happened in this very life. And what happens now conditions the future. So if you want to take care of the future, then take care of right now. So if you want happiness, if you want ease, if you want joy in your life, what you do is you, t- you take care of this moment because this moment contains the seed of all the moments that are about to come in your life. And how you really plant that seed, it, it makes a difference of what the outcome will be. So in a way, the way to see the teaching of karma is, is like a fan. I see, I see the present moment being the resultant of a, lo- of a fan in, fan out. So a lot of things, a lot of decisions, a lot of causes and conditions in this life have led to this very present moment right now as we're sitting together in this room. A lot of things have come together, and we can't really tease them apart, what exactly led to that, and some are societal, some are personal, some are personal actions, some are, you know, there's just so many things that have, some are genetic, some are accidents, some are weather, some are, who, you know, there's a lot that has come together that has brought us to this moment. And this moment has the seed of everything that's about to come. And there is a lot of choice in that, in intentionality. In fact, the word karma um, is is actually a, a compound word. It's karma or kama vipaka, which means action and result. Karma means action. That's what that word literally means. It means action. So there's, there's this, uh, I appreciate that there's this sense of, um, again, responsibility. You take responsibility for your action. So in that way, karma in itself is an empowering word. And vipaka is a result. So action, result. And action has a result. Karma, vipaka. Kama, vipaka. Action and result. And again, it's not a philosophical concept, but it's really a psychological experience and description of how we live our life every day, how our experience is every day. Um, So... 
Many teachings equate karma with volitional in, intention, volitional action. Uh, chaitana is the Pali word for those of you who are interested, chaitana. So it's, there's that intentionality. And in Buddhism, intentionality, um, the intention that goes behind the action is so important, is really what determines the karmic fruition or the karmic result. Um, a nice example that I've heard and like to use is, say, there is an image of somebody cutting another person with a knife. Well, depends that the karmic result of that depends on the intentionality behind why this person is cutting the other person. It could be a thief who's cutting someone and trying to take their stuff away, or it could be a doctor who's making an incision to operate on someone and save their life. So just that action of cutting someone open does not in and of itself produce a karmic fruition. It's really based on the, the intentionality that, that we put in our, in our actions. Bhikkhu Bodhi has a definition for karma that I'd like to share with you. It's the capacity of our intentional action to produce an ethically appropriate result. That's pretty packed. It's the capacity of our intentional action to produce an ethically appropriate result. So just to unpack that a little bit, the capacity, so it's that potentiality, it's that, that lawfulness of our actions, which is actually very promising. So it, it means that the world isn't random, right? There's no randomness, otherwise it would be so disheartening. If it, and we all know that. We all know that this lack of randomness, which is if you act with kindness, with, with kindness in your heart, you feel better. That's the internal aspect of karma. So actually, I'll be talking both about the internal um, fruit of karma as well as the external. So, so as I jump into that, so internally, we know um, when, when we do something wholesome, we, we feel that when you act with generosity, when you act with kindness, that it's the internal karma that you actually feel. You feel the result of it physically in your body, when you're mindfulness of the body, um, you feel the result in your body. And the accumulation of these internal actions in the body, they accumulate. You know, you, you see people who are really tight or really upset for, for a very, very, for um, just, you, you think of them as angry people. You think of them as, as negative people. There's this, this internal result that comes from repeated intentionality, that it, the, the seed that is planted over and over and over again. Similarly, with karma, there is the external result. So if you are, um, if you're unkind to someone, if you're mean to someone, if you slap them, well, that's, it has an external result. Your, your, your intentionality has an external ramification in the world. And in the long term, if you, if you treat that friend the same way over and over again, they'll stop talking to you. 
it will have long-term results in the world. So, why is it important to have awareness of the internal and the external of the karma, of the results of karma vipaka, the results of karma? Because first of all, the internal experience is is usually the first sign we have of of our intentionality, of our experience, whether something is um, is wholesome or unwholesome, because the definition of unwholesome isn't so much something that has bad results; it's something that feels bad inside. That's a pretty subtle point. Let me try to repeat that. The definition of wholesome and unwholesome, which you hear bandied about in Buddhism a lot, is not so much attached to the outcome externally, unwholesome act, wholesome act in the world, but it becomes really an outcome of what the act action feels internally. If you act with kindness, generosity, out of wisdom, Internally, the, the feeling is good, the feeling is wholesome. You're leading away from suffering. If the actions are arising from the three poisonous roots of greed, hatred, and delusion, it feels bad. It, internally, it feels bad. There is a simile in how bad karma is like freshly squeezed milk that takes time to sour. That's like anger or pride. The first moment of anger and pride, for example, they might feel good at the beginning, but not so over time. They sour over time. So I'm going to pause here for a moment and and ask you to um, do, a, do a guided meditation with me on karma. So if you will, now that we have some understanding of what the definition is and how it might be useful in our day. Close your eyes, if you will. And allow yourself to settle in your body Settling in your breath. Now I invite you to bring to mind something in your life right now where the attitude that you have, you know, is, is, has some reactivity in it. You know that already. And, and don't choose something that's hardest in your life, not the most difficult thing and not the easiest thing, but something in the middle, something that's a little challenging. Just sit with it for a moment and see what comes up as you contemplate.
Now, if you were absolutely honest with yourself, about the intentions that are coming up. The intentions that are behind the reactions that are coming up. Just simply noticing what they are. If there is anger in the situation, if there is fear, if there is sorrow or sadness, Noticing if the reaction right now, the reactivity, has any of the roots of greed, which is wanting, really attaching to a particular outcome, things to be a particular way, your way. Or is there ill will, hatred of situations, of beings? Or resistance, pushing things away? Or confusion? See if there can be some clarity, just with some honesty. And now just trying it on for size, just for a moment. What if you're an alternate universe and just try it on for size, the alternatives of greed, hatred, and delusion. Instead, it was generosity, letting go ease in this situation. Perhaps imagining that your wise friend, you have a very very wise friend, with a very generous heart, with a lot of ease, and seeing how they would feel, how they would react in this situation. Imagining this wise friend also has a lot of kindness, a lot of loving kindness and goodwill towards everyone involved. And this wise friend acts from a place of wisdom and interconnectivity with a sense of ease, 
knowing the preciousness and the impermanence of life, of your life, of the life of everyone involved. The wise friend has the bigger picture in mind. <coughs> See if this contemplation, this guided meditation has for the moment produced any shift at all to seeing this situation slightly differently from a different perspective. From the perspective of wise friend. Can you perhaps have an inkling how things might flow differently moving forward in time? If the intentionality of wisdom was possible to broaden that perspective. So, David Loy has a wonderful way of expressing karma elegantly that corresponds to this, this reflection that we just went through. He says, Karma is better understood as the key to spiritual development, how our life situation can be transformed by transforming the motivations of our actions right now. When we bring in the teaching of not-self with karma, karma is really what, is what the sense of self is. That the sense of self changes according to, our, to one's conscious choices. That you reconstruct yourself by what you intentionally do because your sense of self is precipitated of habitual ways of thinking, feeling, and acting. 
just as your body is constructed, just as your body is composed of the food that you eat, so is your character composed of the choices that you make. I am constructed by my consistent, repeated mental attitudes. And people are punished or rewarded, not for what they have done, but for what they have become. What we intentionally do is what makes us who we are. It's really powerful. Not thinking of karma as the punishment that is handed to us, but it's really, we become the result of our intentions. Sow a thought and reap a deed. Sow a deed and reap a habit. Sow a habit and reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. So we become, we become the construction of our consistent and repeated mental attitudes, our repeated mental intentions. Whoops. Hello, little guy. I can't touch my screen anymore. I'll scare him away. Oh, well. So... So understanding dukkha not so much as what is handed down to us, but the choices we make all the time and how those shape our lives, our destiny, both over time and in every interaction. So I want to invite you, if you like, you don't have to at all, but if you wish to turn to someone, maybe one or two people, and discuss what this reflection was like for you. Um, And you can say as little or as much as you want. Maybe you want to talk about your understanding of karma or not, or just having a sense of what it was like to imagine a shift, perhaps, in this situation, if there was more wisdom, more, more kindness, more generosity. Was there a shift in this situation? Could you imagine something shifting in that? And how did that feel internally. It could be a very interesting and powerful uh, reflection to be witnessed, to actually share it with another person and hear what they have to say. Again, you can close your eyes and just not talk with anyone, but I do invite you, if you like, to participate. So let's take 10 minutes to just informally do that. Just turn to someone, one or two other people. You can have groups of three if you like. If you don't have a partner, please raise your hand.
Please raise your hand if you like more time in your dyad. Okay, maybe another minute and then we'll end. partner if you haven't already and let's come back to the group yeah so what did you notice what did you notice when you spoke or when you listened there was a lot of talking so I'm sure you noticed something oh yeah would you please yeah I noticed the impermanence. Hello. Oh, hold on a second. Great. I, I noticed the impermanence of um, like the positive sensation, like of having a, like a good karma, like a like a positive way of relating to something, like mm. you know, like having compassion, and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and also the impermanence of the negative mm-hmm. um, shadow, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was what kind of like I think helped me was not like relating to it in a good way or relating to it in a bad way, but just accepting it and mm-hmm. realizing that it's all sort of 
you know. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. It's it's not personal. It's part of a process. And what I really appreciate in your observation, you actually noticed all of these, um, the physicality of of having a feeling of generosity that it felt different or having a feeling of tightness or lack of generosity or ill will or whatever it was that it just felt different physically it just becomes yeah. it becomes so palpable when we pay attention definitely does isn't that interesting yeah did yeah. anyone else notice that in this exercise just a show of hands yeah a bunch of other people did too so interesting thank you thank you What else? Group wisdom. There's so much wisdom in this room. So please share. Don't hold back. Back, way back there. I, I was quite shocked. <coughs> I was quite, um, quite taken when I shifted off of the greed, anger, delusion perspective on my challenge. And just, you know, the intellect often just doesn't have any consequence on, on the feelings, right, in the state. And uh, so when I just used your little intellectual trick of saying, okay, what, what perspective would this have on this challenge? It just, boom, the challenge was just gone. Mm -hmm. And I just got uh, completely absorbed and happy and comfortable and kind of joyous in seeing the... Um, you know, the, the, the new state of challenge conquered and do, you know, doing this thing that I'm finding difficult at the moment. Because mm. when I was in the previous perspectives, it was easy to feel the kind of, um, I don't know, self-destructive, self I don't know, self-anger, vengeful, whatever uh, causes for you know, not doing it. The challenge was I'm not meditating enough these days. Mm. So mm. when I inquired from the, the initial three perspectives about why that was, I found tons and tons of reasons. And then the shift just, boom. It's like somebody turned on the light. Mm. Thanks. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, that perspective of wisdom is always available to you. That shift that I guided you to, it's within you, within all of you. Thank you for sharing that. Other observations from sharing or listening? Uh, what I found particularly handy was the vision of a wise friend mm. looking at it from the outside. Mm. And what would that wise friend say? I have several wise friends, and when I stop and say, okay, what would Phil say or what would Deborah say? It really threw it around. It really changed it around. Mm. made it a lot easier to move forward. So that was a vision that helped me. Great. Or a suggestion. Great. Great, thank you. Did other people find that useful also? I'm curious, a show of hands, how many people found that? Bunch of people, great, great. And people who didn't try that on for size, try that on for size also, next time you try it on your own. Thank you. Hand over here. 
I really uh, bonded with your idea of the, the image of the fan. Mm. So, um, not all the time, but sometimes the image of karma as this great thing coming from behind and landing on top of me like a stone, right? Mm. A fan, but as we talked, what became much more empowering and freeing was this idea that the, the fan starts here. Mm -hmm. The starting place is right here. And then having this image of it going forward and spreading instead of from behind. So it just it gave me this real sense of empowerment and a real sense of just the karma's right now, yeah. right here, right yeah. now with how I feel. So thank you for that image. It's great. Thank you for what you just said. Right on. I couldn't have said it any better. That is the teaching of karma. It's a an empowering teaching of feeling empowered about your future, that you have choice based on how you incline your mind today and every moment going forward. It's an empowering instead of this fatalistic, deterministic, oh, it's all, there's nothing I can do, it's misery from now on. Um, it's, it's really an empowering practice. And, and for me, um, couple of thoughts come up as, as you say this. One is, in a way, everything, every talk you have ever been to, every teaching about liberation is also about karma because it's about choice. It's about intentionality. It's about liberation, about freedom. It's about not suffering. It's about joy. And that's what karma is about. It's really a teaching about that. Um, and another thing I wanted to share is, in my practice, in my daily practice, I, there was a period that I was really looking at my intentionality and looking at the connections of what was happening, how events were leading, one was leading to another. And I invite you to try that on for size. It's so interesting. And also with gentle honesty, being really honest with yourself. Okay, I think my intentions are pure. Well, they're kind of mixed. There's some pure and you know, there's some selfish. And it's okay just being very clear about your intention. Not to beat yourself up, but just have to have clarity about it, your intentions. Not hiding, thinking, oh yeah, my intentions are always good. And when you actually see your intentions are usually mixed. Um, and it's okay. It's part of this human life to have mixed, you know, it, it's okay. But have clarity about it. See it clearly, because until we see clearly, we can't really move forward and, and have the process unfold and change. And again, karma is the teaching of, of seeing that intentionality and having clarity about it. So thank you so much for what you said. I have a hand back there. I wonder if you could talk a little about the source of intention that I've been coming here for quite a while yeah. and I feel like an outcast because I feel when I get into my intention I'm mindless, hmm. not mindful. Say and, more, to, well, to say what do you mean? When I really let go and get into it I feel more feelings mm. and check it out with my body, how does my body feel? Great. Yeah. And yet we're talking about intention, which to me is like a concept. 
Ah, but you're right on, actually, when you talk and, about... And the concept called mindful, to me, it's yeah. mindless. It's, so what you just said, though, practically, that you check in with, check in with your body to right. see what it feels like, in actuality, it's less in the head, and it's a, it's more a movement of of the body of like tightening, like oh, it's like I want that thing, or oh, joy, relax, spacious, generous. So, sounds good to me. What's well, yeah? It feels good to me. Yeah, yeah, ex- <laughs> but but that's exactly it, and I'm so glad you brought it up because really, that's where it's not so, so it it's not so heady. It's not so heady. It's not so much in the realm of thought. It's more in the realm of body. And it sounds to me like you're practicing great with it. Thank you. Great. Thanks for sharing that teaching. Any other hands? I thought I saw a hand somewhere else. Yes, over here. Well, to me, I guess I had thought before that karma was kind of more passive, mm. um, that it's kind of something that kind of surrounds you and this kind of conceptual thing, but the emphasis on karma as being action yeah. and being a thoughtful action and connecting it to things and making choices yeah. based on that and thinking about the motivation you know, of your action. So it went from um, the, the kind of... By, by really t- taking thoughtful action, mm-hmm. you're really creating this karma versus this karma is kind of something that surrounds you and kind of dictates to you. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, that's, that's a, a clear and much more helpful understanding of karma that actually helps us in our daily life to practice and feel empowered than, than the misconceptions. So great, very, yeah. Hands right in front, Jeanette. Thank you. So um, the Western uh, conception of the term karma has always greatly bothered me. Uh, And you're helping me feel better about the term. But I'm still um, curious uh, how you would respond to situations that, in some cases, millions of people in our world deal with. Yeah. with overwhelming suffering yeah. that they did not cause. Yeah. Um, and I know to a certain extent we all can um, overcome challenges yeah. as best we can based on how we've lived up to that point. Yeah. But in some cases, it's um, overwhelming. Yeah. And I'm just curious how the concept of karma would respond to situations yeah, like that or how, yeah. how would it help you deal with it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It, it is a, a very unhelpful understanding and, and misunderstanding of karma to say, oh, these people, oh, psh, what must have they done in their past life? They're, you know, it's their fault. Can't help them. Um, there is so much more um, to causes and conditions than just past actions. There's, um, there's collective actions. There's, there, um, there are collective conditions that are created by, um, by zeitgeist, 
that puts people in a particular situation. I think of the Jews, for example. I think of, of um, um, slavery. I mean, there's so many injustices. There's so many wars that you just, or, or even thinking of, of, the, um, of the Tibetan plight. You know, there are just so many things. You can't say these people, it's their fault. What must have they done in the past life? And to say there have been some traditional Buddhist teachers that that has been their way of interpretation. And um, one way that we can actually um, bring the, um, a more liberated understanding to, this, to, to, to karma is um, not blaming, not blaming the people who are suffering because it is their karma. There, there, there's so much more in their teachings actually in, in, in the suttas that there's so many different conditions that come, come into what happens. Uh, what what the circumstances of, of, of a life are? It's not just what they have done before. It's um, their accidents and their their um, 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 calamities of you know weather and storms and, and there's so many things that happen that are not as the product of a personal action. So um, yeah, I, I I have personally have problems with that kind of interpretation also, and I think it's not helpful because there's so many uh, winds and so many ways in which our culture creates circumstances for, for many, many people to suffer regardless of what they've done in their, either in this life or who knows in past lives, right? So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. There is a hand over there. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. Sure. Um, when you think about uh, kind of what you put out into the universe, yeah. you know, the energy, right? Um, and so how does karma mm -hmm. relate to that? If you do good things, are you create, is karma creating something good for the universe? And how does it relate, you know, that kind of idea with ener the energies and right, the interconnectedness right. that way? Yeah, so, so I think a helpful way, so, so one thing in, in what your question entails is again, forward looking. And I think that is the right way to work with karma instead of backwards looking, trying to tease out, oh, this has happened to me. Which are these things I've done 10 years ago, 20 years ago, past life have caused this backward looking, not helpful. But what you're saying is forward looking as the way you are acting in the world, or as you say, putting energy out. Are you putting kindness into the world? Are you um, dealing in, in generous ways? Um, without attachment to outcome. So that's another important teaching in Buddhism. Um, your intention, what you do, that's what creates the karma, not necessarily what the outcome is, because you cannot have perfect control over outcomes in the world. You just can't. There's so many different causes and conditions that come together, but you do your best. You make an offering of your heart in the best way you can. You show up with as much kindness and generosity and goodwill in the world. Does that help? Um, a bit. Yeah. Okay. So time is up, and we can continue. If you want to come up, and we can discuss this more, but I don't. So it, it would be bad karma for me to keep you <laughs> <laughs> to keep you late. So let's close our eyes one last moment and dedicate the merit of our practice together tonight. May the practice that we did together tonight, both our sitting, our intention, our reflections, our listening, our interactions, our discussions, 
just really bringing our wholeheartedness on this path of goodness. May it be a cause and condition for freedom, joy, happiness of all beings everywhere, including ourselves. Thank you for your kind attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.